Welcome to Connect Church. We're a new church in the East Windsor Heightstown area, and we're a church that is looking to connect to Jesus and community. We're so glad you've joined us. Welcome to Connect Church. My name is Frank and I'm the pastor here. Wherever you're watching today, we're just so glad that you are here with us and so thank you for joining us. Today we're continuing in our series, Abide. If, if, you do, if you're new to our church today, our church is all about discipleship. We continue to say as a church that our win is when someone in Connect Church grows in, their, in the way of being a disciple of Jesus. Now, what does that mean? There's two different ways that this can happen. The first is that I grow in, in my capacity as a disciple. That means that as I follow Jesus, as I learn his ways and his heart, uh, I am more loving. I spend more time with him. And so that's one way. But then the other way is also I grow in my capacity of discipling others. See, God has now poured something into me, and so because of that, I teach others the way of Jesus as well. It's in the, the vision statement of our church. We want to connect people to Jesus and community. Again, to Jesus. In Acts 2, the, the, the early church devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, which means they abided in Christ. They learned about him. They, they read uh, what the apostles taught so that they could continue to grow in their knowledge and in their heart for Jesus. They grew in community. They devoted themselves to meals and deep fellowship and prayer. See, there is a need for our personal uh, ability to abide. We need to spend time with Jesus. But then there also needs to be a corporate aspect of abiding together. And see, I think sometimes in, in church and even in my own life, I sometimes do one or the other. Uh, I'm an introvert. I like being alone. And so there are times where I like just spending my time with Jesus and, and not dealing with community. It's easier to be alone and to be with God. But I need community to hold me accountable, to speak truth to me, to, to maybe point me back sometimes if, if I read scripture and I, and I get the idea a little wrong. I have people who say, no, no, this is what the author originally meant and this is how you should interpret it. But then there are others who skip the, the personal time with Jesus and just head to the community end. And there we miss our heart and our growth for Jesus. See, some of the biggest marks of our growth in discipleship are one, how we spend time with God. Can we hear his voice? Is he leading us? Is he guiding us? Another one is how we love each other. See, I believe wholeheartedly one of the greatest marks of discipleship is when I grow, I become more loving. See, if you follow Jesus and you don't begin to love others with the heart that God loves us with, there's a problem with that. Then the next mark, are we discipling others? Have we reached a point where now because of my relationship with Jesus, I bring others and say, follow me as I follow Christ? And then the last mark of discipleship is this. It should change the way that we think. Our minds, the way we process information, should look differently than how we process things without Jesus. See, following Jesus is a complete paradigm shift, especially when it comes to the way that we think. And see, following Jesus isn't even about what to think, it's how to think. 
And what I mean by that is sometimes in church, we just tell people what to think, but God wants to completely change the way that we think all together. See, I'm facing something difficult and overwhelming. Where does my mind go? Culture says, I need to think this, but the Bible and God says, this is actually truth. My framework for viewing the world is totally different because I believe that this is true, that Jesus is who he says he is because I spend time with God and I know his voice and where he's leading me and guiding me, then out of that, that's how I think. And can I tell you today, it's not as easy as it sounds. As, as I read scripture and I know God and, and he's provided for me in the past and he's been there for me through some really hard times and yet sometimes when life is overwhelming and difficult, where does my mind go? God's forgotten me. He's not with me. Maybe I need to, to buckle down and provide for myself because God may not do it. And can I tell you that in those moments, that's where I need to remind myself, I need to change the way that I think. And so what does that look like today? We're gonna take a look at that. In John chapter 15, verses nine to 11, we read this, it says, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Jesus here, he deliberately loved his disciples the way that God the Father loved him. And see, we know that Jesus loved his disciples. How? Because he taught them, he protected them, he guided them, but most of all, he served them. And it was a reflection of the way that the Father loved the Son. And, and it's with a love that has no beginning and end, that is close and personal, that is without measure, and it's unchanging. And so the love that the Father had for the Son, Jesus, Jesus showed his disciples. And it's also a picture of the way that he loves us today. The love of God is incredible. And it's so much greater than any love that we know here on earth. And I would say even today, one of the ways that we need to change the way that we think is maybe today watching this, you've had parents who haven't shown you the greatest love. Maybe you were in a relationship, a marriage, and it didn't work out. And so you don't think love is possible anymore. Today, hear this. The love of God is so much greater than any love here on earth. And even if your parents were incredible, you're in a great marriage, you have great friends around you and you feel loved, as good as that love is, God's love is still greater than that. We need to realize the love of God is incredible. Why? Because sometimes when we fall short, when we make mistakes, we think God can't love me anymore. Or maybe today, even watching, you stumble across this video and you think there's no way I could walk into church because of what I've done. The, the church will catch on fire, lightning will strike, all of the things that people often say when it comes to coming to church. It's not true. We need to change the way that we think. Love here on earth in our culture today has a lot of guidelines to it. 
We need to think the same. We need to look the same. We need to behave, but God's love has no beginning and end. It never stops. It's close and it's personal. Today, it's for you. It's without measure, but most of all, it's unchanging. God's love for you is steadfast and true. Jesus also connects here true discipleship with obedience to him. And Jesus fulfills this in regard to God's plan for him, which was death on the cross. Again, God's plan sometimes for our lives isn't always easy, but when we fulfill it, when we live it out, man, there is nothing like it today watching. Maybe you feel purposeless. Maybe you feel like life is going nowhere. Maybe this last year has caused you to pause and reflect and ask, what is, what is the plan for my life? I thought it was this, but it fell apart today. Would you ask God what his plan is for you? And it starts in obedience to who he is and what he asks for us. And see, when we fail to abide in Jesus and his love, we struggle to keep his commandments and we don't experience the fullness of joy that Jesus promised to us. The joy of Jesus is not from a life of ease, but it's the joy of being right with God. Can I tell you, life, whether you follow Jesus or not, is going to have moments where it's difficult, where it's painful, where it's hard, where you simply ask, why is this happening to me? And in those moments, it's hard and it's difficult. But see, the way the, the, that we can think when we follow Jesus is this. See, we can have joy. How? because we're right with God. And all throughout scripture, we read these ideas of when pain hits, we can have joy. And why is that? Because we have a God who's with us. And not only is he with us, but he understands what we're going through. How do I know that? Jesus, the perfect son of God, was still killed by the people around him. And oftentimes we think that following Jesus is going to be easy, but why would it be when Jesus himself was put to death? But even though that happens, we can still experience joy. Why? Because we are right with God. We're walking in his love, and we can have that joy at all times. And this is the result of abiding in Jesus' love and being obedient to him because from that flows joy and it changes the way that we think. Joy is crucial to the development of our faith, but also our lives. Joy changes the way that we live. I'm going to get to that in a little bit, but there is literally brain science that shows joyful people are more resilient, they're able to handle struggles in life, and they're more fun to be around. And so as the Bible speaks to the importance of joy, there is literally brain science that proves how important joy is to the way that our mind functions. And so as scripture talks about joy, it's crucial why joy changes everything for us. So how do we build joy and how do we change how we think? One, celebrate what God is doing or he has done. Today, I just want to be a little honest with you. Right now, it, it, it's a struggle for us here. If you don't know our story, Connect Church is a new church. 
Uh, we started in September. We've been looking for a location to meet. Currently, the place that we're meeting, we get to meet at 3 p.m. on Sunday. Um, now, 3 p.m. on Sunday, after people have been locked inside their homes for a year, is not a great time. Why? Most likely, Sunday afternoon, people are at the beach, on vacation, or at Six Flags, all of the great things to do here in Jersey. And so we've been looking for a spot to meet. And can I tell you, it feels like every time we open a door, someone beats us to the space, the door closes completely, or we can't afford it. And, and in those moments, I often look at my wife, Rachel, and I go, why? This is frustrating. We feel like we're in such a good spot to, to move forward and, and to get a, a space where we can meet in the morning. But in those moments, I stop and I remind myself of what God has done in our church. And what is that? We started in a pandemic and we're still here. And not only are we here, but man, we have an incredible group of people who love Jesus and love each other well. And God is doing incredible things through our church. And I need to remind myself of that. Yeah, we thought that when we were going to when we launched in September that we were going to be online. But last minute, God provided a space where we could launch in person. And he's going to do the same thing. And so when I remind myself of what God has done, it brings joy. God is faithful. He works and he moves. How else do we change the way that we think? Again, we spend time with God and we abide with him. We read scripture, we pray, we practice silence. We spend time with others and talk about our Kairos moments and the things that God is speaking to us. We go on walks and we, we just simply enjoy creation and all that God has done. We journal and we write down how God is faithful in our lives, but we pause and we spend time with him. We give something meaningful to someone in need. Can I tell you, this has been one of the greatest areas in my life where I have grown in joy, where I do something for other people. When life is hard, when it doesn't make sense, what do I do? I'm generous. Why? Again, as I grow in my faith, I should be generous and I should love others well. And as I do that, it reminds me, this is what it's all about. I may not have everything I want. We may not have a location that we want, but we can still be generous. We can still partner with Rise and give backpacks to kids in our town in need. And as I do that, it brings joy and it changes the way I think. Again, life isn't about me. Another way, ask God to give you joy. Maybe today you're struggling, you're hurting. I ask you, maybe even pause this right now and say, God, give me joy. I need to change the way that I think. I go to the worst case scenario. I forget that you're with me. Today, God, would you give me joy? This one is my favorite one on the list. We need to surrender our expectations of how things should be. And we need to ask God to show us what can be. And, and can I tell you, this process is, is breaking and it's hard. Again, the expectations of how things should be for my life right now, I, I, our church should be bigger. We should have a spot. I, I, I should be able to, to wish our team should be full where we're not always shuffling people around to greet and to do computer in the back and sound. We should have plenty of people, but we don't. 
but it doesn't mean that God isn't working. What can be? People can continue to grow, be disciples, connect to Jesus in community, even though all of the things that we expect may not happen. And the last thing we need to do is we need to choose joy. And I'm not talking just some like, I'm going to be happy all the time. No, I need to choose joy in the sense of I will, I will abide and I will be obedient to what Jesus calls me to. And I know that regardless of what happens to me, life is okay because I am right with God. And so because of that, I am going to choose joy and gratitude. Again, joy rewires the way our brain works. And if you're interested in this idea, I encourage you, read the book, The Other Half of Church. It talks all about this. They also have a podcast called The Other Half of Church. And in there, there's an episode on joy. I encourage you, check it out and read it. Joy, as we close today, comes from the face in the Old Testament, we read the line, may his face shine upon you. And when we encounter the presence of God, it changes us. The same thing is true with our joy. As we encounter God, as his presence comes upon us, it changes the way we think it makes us joyful. Today, may you abide, may you be obedient, and as you do that, may you find joy in who Jesus is. And as you do that, would it change our minds and the way it works? So how do we do this as a community? Greeters, those of you who greet, would you do it and create an atmosphere of joy? Kids workers, would you look kids in the face? Would you slow down? Would you let them know they are valued? See, kids who experience joy in the first four years of their lives, who smile, have fun, who, who are happy, who have moments where they feel joy, studies show they're more resilient long-term. So kids workers, you're responsible for helping our kids feel joy. Would we be a community that expresses gratitude? Tell others what God is doing in your life. Be excited about it. Be thankful for what he is doing. Would we just have joy? Would we be fun to be around? Would we be resilient? Would we be more loving in conflict? And would we face the trials that life brings with the reminder that God is working and moving? I often read where the Bible says, consider it joy when trials come. And I often wonder why it would say that. And how could scripture say, consider it joy when trials come our way? Because there is joy in simply being with God and knowing what he has done for us. And that joy builds resiliency in our brains that we can handle anything that life brings. And that joy is built out of abiding in obedience, abiding in obedience, growth in our joy. And as we grow in joy, our outlook and our perspective on life changes today. Let's close in prayer. Jesus, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your death and for your resurrection. Jesus, we thank you that because of that, that we can come to know you. I pray for those watching right now 
and, and Jesus, for those who may have never decided to follow you before, I pray that you would just nudge them, that you would speak to their hearts right now. You would just give them a small glimpse of the joy that comes in following you, God. And as they do that, would they say yes to you? God, I pray over those of us who do follow you. God, would we just continue to grow in our abiding in you, our abiding in community? And God, as we do that, would we be obedient? Would you just change our hearts? God, would we want to follow you with all that we are, God? And as we do that, God, give us joy. God, change the way that we think. Instead of seeing the obstacles, remind us of your faithfulness. Instead of forgetting that you're there, remind us that you're the God who goes before us. Give us joy. Change how we think. Even this week, God, I pray that over circumstances that in the past may have rattled us, may have made us question in those moments, speak to us, guide us, and give us joy. Remind us that you're with us. Today we thank you, God, that you are faithful. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this encourages you to take your next steps in your faith journey with God. You can check us out more on connectchurchnj.com. Have a great day.